Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, stocks have made a bit of a comeback. They've came off those lows that we saw last week. And a lot of people say, hey, we are going higher. Clear the decks. And then others, including myself, says this might be a head fake and should really uh, maybe not get too bullish here and wait to see how this all kind of plays out. Pick your spots. And that's what we're going to talk about today on the Gains Podcast. Where we are with the market, are we seeing a true recovery or are we seeing a head fake and how to play all of this? And we're going to talk some alternative investments as well. I'm Andy Gersher and this is Gains. All right, let's bring on Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers here in Chicago. Check out Matt's blog at blueworldam.com. Well, Matt, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. How you doing? I'm well. How have you been? I'm, I'm good. No complaints. As the Gains listeners know, we've kind of seen this downside to the market and have been talking about it an awful long time. So since we've talked, the market has come back quite a bit. Some people are even said it bottom last week and that, uh, you know, we've, we're through the worst of this. Clear the decks. We're going way higher. I disagree with that. Love to get your take on, on current market conditions, you know, uh, as, as we've come off those recent lows. Kind of give us a, your take and your read on markets and stocks right now. Do we have the all clear sign or is there a little bit of wait and see or just an outright warning? So uh, let's start with that. Matt, what's your what's your take on things? You know, well, you guys know that my take is always going to be uh, clear the decks, we're going higher, let's ride. I, I think that's an ill-advised view when things are good. Agreed. You can can always get caught on the wrong side of a correction, uh, you know, regardless of how long that correction is. Uh, You know, like I had said on uh, the noon business hour, we were talking about inflation. And I was asked, you know, do you think inflation is transitory? I said, of of course it's transitory. But you got to remember the Jurassic period was also transitory. I remember Um, that day exactly. That was actually a great (laughs) – that was a great response. In fact, we talked about it after the show. That was a good one. So, But go ahead. Carry on. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, So over-exuberance when things are good – I think is dangerous. I I also think that overly pessimistic (laughs) when things are really good or bad uh, is is overbaked and and can lead to poor decisions. But the reason I agree with you, uh, the last couple days uh, I view as a head fake, I think you need to take advantage of these things when they occur but I think the defense always needs to be on the field, and the defense. this is no time to pull the defense because in order for us to have hit a quote-unquote bottom, and, and by the way, the bottom is zero, so uh, we certainly haven't hit that. But in order for us to hit a bottom 
and start going the other way in a longer-term bullish trend, something has to have changed, and nothing's changed. There is over-exuberance at the fact that, you know, while inflation came in hot, it missed by whatever it was, a tenth of a point or something like that. But there is nothing in policy or in world economics that has done anything to change the current trajectory. So I think it's foolhardy to just accept that, okay, without anything to back it up, without anything to point to and say, okay, this is something that has allowed us to turn a corner, bounce back, go the other way. You, you just can't do that safely. You, you can't do that prudently. And there's nothing out there that says fuel prices are going to come down or that uh, grains are going to be easier to come by or that em employment is going to improve dramatically. I know there's a lot out there about how employment has improved, but the fact is we still haven't recovered all of the jobs we lost during COVID. We're not even back to even, and you're seeing the layoffs numbers starting to climb. And then on top of this, you know, you're talking about things that you're actually seeing in the economy and, and nothing has really changed in the last couple of weeks. The charts, the technical analysis, the Dow theory of all, you know, from a technical standpoint are also telling us that we're probably not clear here. This, uh, you know, bounce off the bottom will probably be retested. So we're seeing it not only in the real world, as you just mentioned, we're also seeing it on the technical side. So uh, it, both things align there. Right. And, and that's something that you and I have always agreed on is that uh, I want I start with the macroeconomics, right? The 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 output of all of the economic data monthly from public and private sources. And I coalesce that into what's called the Blue World Economic Index. And then I'll take that index and compare it to other indicators that are technical indicators like the Dow theory. And you know I'm as big a fan of that as you are. Now, when, when the macroeconomics, the fundamentals, and the technicals all say the same thing, that's no time to be saying, hey, we're going the other direction, right? Two lenses that we rely very heavily on are not giving us that all clear sign. Um, one thing you did touch upon real quick, and just, just so the gains listener kind of gets a, a sense of where you're coming from, the Blue World Economic Index, what's that look at? What is that telling us? Oh, okay. Good question. Uh, the Blue World Economic Index is something that we developed internally a long time ago to manage our own family stuff and then uh, realized that it had application you know, to all of our uh, consulting clients. So what we do, you, all the games listeners will know what I mean when I say the markets are highly reactive and in fact overreactive you can have a poor gdp report come out on thursday and the market could tank and then the very next day you could have a positive jobs report come out and the market just bounce completely the other way erase all the losses and then get gains the market is highly reactive and often overreactive we take the position that no one single report unto itself is valuable. So we follow over 50 different economic reports every month, broken out into eight headline categories like employment and manufacturing and retail, real estate, all that, uh, you know, all, all those kinds of things. And we take into account today's report the one-year trend of that report and the two-year trend of that report, where the trends receive a higher multiple weighting in the average than does today's report, and boil all those down into a single composite number, 
which then allows you to uh, get a much better sense of what the sum total of all the economic data is saying. You know, and we, so we you're like running a total. So as, as the as new data comes, you add that to the overall index, and that's how you're getting a sense of market or of uh, economic direction. Exactly. So, uh, for example, yesterday the uh, uh, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. The uh, the Empire State Manufacturing Survey came out. Well, we don't just look at the Empire State Manufacturing Survey to get a, a gauge of the health of manufacturing. We look at about nine different reports. And all of those reports are, again, weighted with regard to the strength of today's report, but then more weight on the long-term trends, the one-year and uh, two-year trends of those reports. And all of that together gets boiled down into a composite index number. And then, of course, we track the, the trend of that. And the trend of the economy uh, right now is, is decidedly down and almost rivals the steepness of the COVID drop. Oh, wow. Wow. That's that's <laughs> and that was and that was a violent and quick, quick drop. Yeah, I it, it, it's really in all the years that we've done this and we've done this for geez, many, many years now. I, uh, it, we've never we've never seen anything that steep uh, until COVID. And then subsequently, it's like, you know, hey, this isn't a COVID drop with a V recovery. I mean, this thing is just on a an elevator shot down and you know, no end in sight. So, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. Now, none of this is to say, by the way, this isn't doom, gloom, sadness. And, right, <laughs> right, right. I get it. I get it. There is, there's always a way to take advantage of what the market's doing. You can always take what the market gives you. There are plenty of ways to profit from a market that's doing this as well as one that's rising. And these are the rules and the tools that the gains listener in particular, this is why they listen to the show, right? This is where they come to learn, you know, what people do beyond the realm of, you know, 401ks and mutual funds. So all that being said, and and, and we, we definitely see more downside to the market, how do you take this information and uh, put it to work? What what are you taking from all this data and and? What, what what's your advice if uh you know are, are you holding tight are you outright shorting the market are you uh dollar cost buying dips are you building powder what's the the play here with the the data that's been revealed to you the absolute honest answer and thank you for hitting every one of them is every single one of them <laughs> right okay I, so know, so you, you, go ahead i'm sorry yeah we well we both agree when the market needs a buyer be a buyer it, it, it'll pay off later. Uh, this is the time when patience is important. Uh, we have to recognize the difference between realized losses and gains and fluctuation. You don't have a loss in anything until you sell. When you that realize is true. That everything else is a fluctuation and this is what most – this is the, the cardinal mistake most investors make. And I just read a stat today. 38% of those surveyed say they pulled money out of the markets this year. Like that, in fact, that's kind of like the worst thing you could do. You should have pulled money out of the markets last year. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah. If you're going to pull money out of the markets, you know, now's not the time to panic. It doesn't mean that it's not time to dump dead weight, but again, these are surgical strikes. I am buying with both hands equities that I think are reflexively oversold, and as you said, dollar cost averaging down. And then you know my strategy. Every time I buy more, I sell another covered call, and I further reduce my basis. Uh, but then there are other places where I'm actually going short. There are other places where I'm holding pat. There are other places where I might be uh, in like kind transferring uh, from one account to another, depending on the goals of that particular account. So there's a million things that you can do to 
uh, either out and out simply protect your side from catastrophic loss or take advantage so that when the market does turn and it will turn, eventually it will turn. It always has, always will. When the market does turn, have you, you can have so much more lift in your portfolio if you can go and make those surgical strikes now with regard to buy, sell, hold. All right, we're going to be back, and we're going to talk about those millions of things that you can do. Well, we'll hit a couple of them, of course. But, uh, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday and Friday mornings. We'll be right back with Matt Matigan right after the break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, we're back with Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers here in Chicago. Check out Matt's blog at blueworldam.com. And Matt, do you have any special plugs for the Gaines listeners? Questions, comments, conversation. Uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, where where can people find you? M. Matigan at blueworldam.com or Dr. Matthew Matigan on LinkedIn. All right. So uh, if you have any questions for Matt, feel free to uh, shoot him a little email. And again, I'll throw you mine as well. It's andy.com. G-I-E-R-S-H-E-R at Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Again, that's Andy dot Gersher at Odyssey dot com. Uh, appreciate it. I've been getting a ton of emails, questions, and thoughts, and, uh, you know, keep them coming. Uh, all right. So as we were going into the break, well, or before the break, rather, we were kind of talking about the setup, talking about how, there's a lot of people who say, hey, clear the decks. We're moving higher from here. Get aggressive. You and I, it seems like this this could be a head fake, and you know people should be aware of that. Now, let's also talk about actionable things that we can do here, thoughts for the gains listeners as, as they see what's unfolding in front of them. Uh, what's your first you know piece of advice here, Matt? Well, the areas that I, I – talking about places to go wrong, uh, places that I'm uh, excited about going long right now, crypto has been beaten to death. And I'm not saying run out and start acquiring crypto unless you have that kind of risk capital, but there are a lot of the crypto-based companies out there that have really taken a beating and are so ridiculously cheap uh, everything from the platforms like Coinbase to uh, the mining companies like uh, Hive and, and uh, uh, Riot, I, a lot of these things are bargains because I don't 
I don't see crypto going away. No. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's it, funny you mention that. I just want to pick up on the one. You mentioned Coinbase. Coinbase has taken it to the shed. I mean, it has got worked over. And, and that's one of my big picks right now is Coinbase, ticker C-O-I-N. I've been, full disclosure, I've been buying these dips. And, and there's, you know, I started buying maybe a tad early. But I'm, I'm a believer in a lot of this coming back. And that's one area that I've been kind of putting some dry powder in. And it's been highly volatile. Um, what's your go-to pick or two in that space? And I'm there with you. I mean, you have a lot of these altcoins that are down 70, 80, 90%. We've seen Bitcoin and Ethereum really uh, get hit. These levels look pretty juicy. And even if you don't hit the bottom here, if you're dollar cost averaging, you're buying it a lot cheaper than it was even six months ago. So uh, I'm there with you in that crypto and, and, and uh, you know, uh, in that particular space. What are a couple of your, your favorites there in that particular space? Well, again, Coinbase, uh, I think, is – I'm buying it with both hands, frankly. Uh, I, I don't care. I don't care if it goes down to single digits. Yeah, and, and then one thing with Coinbase I just want to throw in there, too, is is also that addition of the NFT market that is just going to be a game changer for them as well. Go ahead. Well, yeah, and that's a perfect segue into the next thing I was going to say, which you tend to be very good at. Uh, when it comes to – if we're talking about – Crypto companies, crypto-based companies, right? Like like Coinbase. Uh, again, I like the mining companies like Hive and uh, Riot and um, what was the other one? I'm trying to think. And give of us off. tickers for those two. Uh, start with uh, Hive. Give us uh, the, this company and tickers. Yeah, H I V E uh, is the one for Hive. The other one is Bitfarms. B I T F. And then Riot, of course, R-I-O-T. Now, I'm not gathering those. I'm not accumulating those necessarily because I expect them to go back, you know, to $100 a share or anything. What I do think is going to happen, and this is as much question for you as it is comment, uh, but what I see happening eventually, much like the uh, tech boom, I see big, big roll-ups in this industry coming in the future. I think... When you say roll-ups, do you mean like consolidation? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, think, I, I think big big fish crypto miners are going to end up coming and, and gobbling up a bunch of these little firms to get their technology, their computing power, uh, you know, all of those things that would drive a business to roll up. I think that opportunity is there. But again, this is a play that requires patience, right? I, it, it's uh, uh, more of a long-term view. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and there you could make a case, too. I, I'm kind of seeing it that way, too, where we saw Bitcoin, uh, was it in 2018, really peaked up, had its washout, sat flat for a, a while, and came back. And uh, do you, you see kind of a similar setup where when, you know, you'll know when it's starting to be out of favor or seemingly out of favor, that's probably the time to really go in and start buying this stuff is when, you know, there is capitulation at the bottom, which it kind of feels close now. But, um, you know, seeing that consolidation and then when you stop hearing about it so much and, and the price just seems so weak, boy, that's going to be the opportunity to buy. Your thoughts? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it, I, because, again, when the market needs a buyer, be a buyer. Uh, you'll, you'll be rewarded later. And, it, you know, this is definitely a time where it takes greater intestinal fortitude to go long, right? Uh, but, but the rewards are handsome, but you got to be patient. You got to wait. And when we're talking about the actual coin, and again, Andy, uh, question for you uh, as much statement. My favorite coin, uh, the two favorite coins to trade would be uh, Bitcoin and Doge because they're they're the quickest moving. They're the most volatile. Yes. Uh, but when it comes to accumulating, your point about the NFTs, the difference between the coins and the general general public out there needs to get a lot more educated on how all this stuff works. Uh, 
But the difference between the coins is the sophistication of the blockchain that they're developed on. And Ethereum, to me, if you're going to pick one coin and one coin only to accumulate over time, I am utterly in love with Ethereum because it's an extremely sophisticated chain, uh, which is why pretty much every NFT on the planet is using the Ethereum chain. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm there with you. I I love trading. The things that I trade often is Sheeb and Doge and, you know, Bitcoin, too. I like some of the altcoins, too, um, some of the other altcoins. But Sheeb and Doge are uh, ones that I would that I have. I haven't been as active in them, maybe picking them up a little bit on the dips because of the volatility. But and that's just more, you know, that's more like gambling in and out, in and out. But as far as I, I and I've said this for a while, as far as long term positions in crypto, I really think the way to go, and I'm there, I like Ethereum even a little better than Bitcoin. I've always thought dollar cost average in Ethereum and Bitcoin. I like Ethereum because of the utility a little more and because of the NFTs. Uh, and Bitcoin is just the the granddaddy, the o, crypto OG. And I, I think that there's something to be said for that. I mean, a lot of people consider it a.k.a. digital gold. So, like I said, trading with some of the higher flyer alts, uh, Sheeb and Doge and others, but the true play and where real money goes uh, for long term is that dollar cost average into Bitcoin and Ethereum and just hold and buy more and hold. Because I am a big believer in crypto and NFTs, Long term, I, I don't think this stuff's going away. I think all of this stuff or a bulk of this stuff, especially like Ethereum, Bitcoin and and some quality NFTs are all going to be considerably higher than Tuesday, May 17th, 2022, when you look 5, 10, 15, 20 years down. I mean, I don't even think you have to go that far out, but three to five, seven, uh, I'm a firm believer that all the good stuff will be significantly higher, even than higher than what we had seen before. So that's just kind of my play uh, in, in in crypto in that space. But I'm there with you. Ethereum and Bitcoin, I mean, uh, and, and Ethereum in particular because of the utility that you spoke to. Yeah, and I'm really, uh, I'm really glad to hear you say that because uh, I know enough about this stuff to bluff my way through it. You know this stuff really, really well. <laughs> I mean, relative to me, you know it better than I do. Uh, but everything you just said is what I've been advocating in the investment club and the reasons why. So uh, if, if I say it and then you say, yeah, Matt, I agree with all that, it gives me much greater confidence that uh, that that that's on the right track. So I appreciate it. Yeah, and and then you you mentioned Coinbase, boy, and we do track often. I, I think the way we see the investing world, um, Coinbase, there's there is I I just believe a a ton of upside again with the NFTs, and you spoke to Ethereum being the the, the fuel for the NFT market, the backbone and the utility that goes uh, with Ethereum and and its involvement in NFTs. And that's why I like Coinbase, because um, they're opening up an NFT marketplace, and Coinbase has a huge, huge number of customers that probably aren't in NFTs right now, but when they have access to it through, you know, to their Coinbase accounts... Uh, they're going to be chopping at the bip, so that I think that's another the NFT marketplace when that comes in to the to the mix too. That I think that's a huge factor. Yeah, I do too, and I I happen to think that it is uh, it it could we we were saying earlier you, you can't really call the bottom unless you've seen something change or you have good evidence that something's about to change, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the concept of the NFTs. When you looked at the earnings, Coinbase's earnings uh, from what was a week or two ago, one of their issues was a a decrease in Robinhood and everybody else had the same thing. It was a decrease in the trading volume uh, because as the markets have fallen and exuberance has fallen off, you're going to lose trading volume. 
I actually think the NFT market opening up on Coinbase could be the fuse uh, that, that brings all of that volume back and more once you open that up. So, yeah, you and I are, are definitely seeing that the same way. Another move when, you know, we're in these type of markets, and I've talked about this a little bit on the Gains podcast. I've kind of backed off of it a little bit because of, you know, again, it's 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 tough to short the market. Um, I often use ETFs. We've talked about other ways. There's a podcast that Matt and I did, uh, oh, probably three, four, five months ago about shorting the market, and, and that's a must-listen. So go back and check uh, you know, we did like a 101 on shorting the market. Um, but back to the conversation here. So, um, you know, I was shorting the market for a while, especially when the dial theory was indicating further downside. Um, you know, there's a trickiness to that, especially when you use ETFs. There's some deterioration that can happen. So I have stopped that. And, you know, I, I did fairly well when I did short the market. I, I did it twice at a at pretty good opportune times um if if we get much higher and and i know we're going for the retest i may do it again but uh i kind of uh, backed off a little bit from outright shorting now uh, what's your thoughts I, I i know we've talked about that in the the past how have you handled the shorting of the market through this downside and are, are you still using that will you take this thing further uh, your thoughts on that for sure. And, and let me echo your sentiment that if you didn't hear shorting 101 yet, go back and listen to that because uh, we're going to touch on some things here that we don't have time to go into the detail of it again. But it'll make sense if you go back and, and hear the, uh, the other podcast. So what I'm doing now, like you, I was, I was aggressively shorting. And you know, then you hit this area where there's some bumpiness and then it bounces up and we think it's going back down. The safest play for me, uh, the safest play I consider, we don't want to buy the inverse ETFs unless we're day trading them for reasons that we talk about. What I'm doing is simply buying puts on the spider ETF. Oh, okay. And explain so, that to the gains listeners so they can kind of okay. get get up filled. Yeah. Just, I mean, we and, went deep dive into it before. You can listen to it, but give us the the primer on that, Matt, real quick. Yeah, I will. And and this is one you'll know, listen to shorting the markets. Listen to the options podcast too. So real quick, a put is simply the contractual right to sell a uh, hundred shares of stock for a predetermined price for a predetermined amount of time. So to the extent it's the right to sell, if you buy a put and let's say that you spend, you know, you, you can spend as, as little as, you know, $75, $100 to buy the put. And then on any given day, if the S&P takes one of these precipitous drops, uh, you can end up making a mid-double to triple-digit return literally overnight because the value of that put rises as the S&P falls. It's a, now I'm not suggesting that everybody run right out and start buying puts. You have to be much more uh, educated in the use of options, but it is the lowest cost, lowest risk, highest reward way to, it, it does two things. You can look at it as hedging against a drop in your portfolio at large, or you can look at it as a profit play. If you can turn $75 into $225 overnight because the S&P 500 opened 36 points down from where it closed the night before, well, that's a win in anybody's right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with, 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 I mean, talk about gains. That's just the real quick, again, the, 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 beauty, the beauty of buying the put, uh, going long the put, uh, the put goes up in value if the market drops in value, and your maximum loss is always limited to only the premium you paid for it. So if you put $75 in and the market opens up 36 points, you can't lose more than the $75 you put in. Yet at the same time, if the market goes the other direction, 
the the percent return you can gain there is uh, is very very high. Right, very. and and that's the nice thing about uh, using options versus like going outright in futures and and and, well, and exactly. you know and and having to deal when things don't go well for you the big margin call. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing about when you're actually going short stock. Uh, there's ways to do that successfully, but but my gosh, the risk that you take when you're buying when you're borrowing stock out of a broker's account on margin, and you're going to owe that back when they say you do, yeah, <laughs> instead right. of when you want to, uh, if things don't go your way. Uh, to me, the puts are a much, much lower use of risk capital. On options, of course, the most you can lose is what you've put up, where we were talking about margin call. I mean, they can be disastrous uh, if markets really turn against you. You're leveraged, and you got to come up with that money when that call comes. Oh, yeah. So uh, margin calls on on. Margin calls on options are bad. Margin calls on stocks are really bad. Margin calls on futures contracts, it, it, those are the things that cause people to jump from high rise. Yes, yes, yeah, it's, it's a very ugly thing. All right, so we've talked about crypto and Coinbase and that sector. We've talked about um, shorting the market and kind of where we're at with that. The other big thing out there is has oil... Does it st- does it still move higher? You you've mentioned that some of the um, there things haven't changed, you know, and and one of them being the inflation component. Your thoughts on some oil and energy, and maybe places in the market that might benefit from higher inflation. Yeah, two places. Uh, first and foremost is is energy. Energy is very very high right now, but it's been higher. It's been higher within the last six months, and I I see nothing out there on the horizon that's going to change that. As a matter of fact, uh, my younger son is in the logistics industry, and he says coming down the pike this summer uh, is ugliness in logistics that we haven't seen yet. So, of course, that's kind of scary, especially considering like there's shortages of baby formula. There's shortages of chips and components for automobiles and electronics. Uh, It's interesting. He would see some of that firsthand and he he, he's not painting a a rosy picture, is he? No, he's not. And and I was almost I, I was almost hesitant to bring it up. Uh, but uh, you know we're talking to games listeners. They if they can't handle it, nobody can. Right, exactly. Right? <laughs> so uh, no, there there is additional pain coming on the horizon that necessarily directly impacts energy, uh, and and not to the downside. Uh, and the other part of it is food. I, That's a big I'll one. Places places where I am going long uh, are in. The, the grains, in particular, soybeans, wheat, cor- uh, corn, uh, I'm, I'm going long in all these. Now, the, the beauty of it is I have discovered these wonderful vehicles that benefit from the contract, the futures prices of the, uh, of the commodities without the risk of getting involved in the futures contract. And that you know, there are ETFs out there on all of these different commodities. Oh, oh uh, you mean, are you using ETFs to get exposure to corn, wheat, soybean, and the likes? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and that's a nice exactly. thing is using the ETFs in those. That's how I get, we've talked with Jim Welsh in the past, you know, we talk about getting exposure to uranium, and we found that that's a, a really good way. Uh, we've used gold. And, and, and metal. So it makes sense that you would use those. Uh, if you could give us a couple tickers that you, your go-tos when, um, you know, you're looking at the ag agriculture space. Absolutely. On the, um, on the big umbrella side, go to tucrium.com, T-E-U-C-R-I-U-M, tucrium.com. Tucrium is the company that provides a lot of these products. And my favorites, the ones that I am most heavily in right now, 
is S-O-Y-B for soybeans, C-O-R-N for corn, and T-A-G-S, tags. And tags is the one, I, I just get giddy when I think about it. It's so much fun. It is uh, all of those things combined. It, it, it's wheat, soybeans, uh, you know, the, the grains in general. Uh, it, it's four different commodity contracts blended with regard to underlying commodity and expiration date. And I, I'm, I got to tell you, it's, you know, we characterize singles, doubles, triples, the home runs and grand slams. Uh, these, these commodity ETFs, are gold right now. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at feed, fuel, starch, sweeteners, and plastic. You believe it or not, that's the exposure through tags, which we were just talking about, because it's got corn, wheat, soybeans, and sugar in that basket. And yeah, I, 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 that's, you know, as you were going through this list, that is the, the way I too get exposure, you know, they, they have lots of options. You can even cane C A N E gives you a, um, access to, uh, or exposure to, sh- you know, sugar cane. You mentioned yep. corn, uh, soybean, S O Y B wheat, W E A T. Oh, I love these. Um, th- that's, that's pretty interesting. And, and I, and, and tags, believe it or not, is my favorite because it covers all aspects of you know the broader thing that agriculture provides. Well, you I talk about having your cake and eating it too. Uh, you know, tags to me, like I said, that that one. And let me tell you how much I like tags. Of all the ones we just talked about, tags is the only one that does not trade options, and I own it anyway. It doesn't trade options, and you still have access to it. So you can't even use your cover call strategy, but you like it so much that it's okay. That's absolutely correct. Another one, uh, and this is not a two-gram product, and uh, I don't know if you've heard about it. You know, all of the oil ETFs are pretty high-profile, well-known, and and consequently uh, have run up pretty substantially. And not that this one hasn't too, but I still think there's a lot of room in it. And it's not a high volume ETF. It is, it's energy, but it is gasoline specific. It only trades gasoline, not crude oil, not refined oil, not kerosene. It is just gasoline. And its symbol is UGA. UGA. Okay. UGA. Yes. United U-G-A. States. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say that again. You, yeah, you are correct. UGA. Well, one other thing, since we're talking commodities real quick, thoughts, gold, which really hasn't done as much as I thought it would do in these situations. Silver's another one that's just been pretty low. Uh, metals, anything else in just the broad commodity space? Yeah, I like the uh, Spider Metals and Mining ETF, the XME. I've done very well with that because even the even the ones that, uh, you know, old traders like us uh, are, are really kind of scratching their heads at the performance or the lack thereof of the gold and silver. I mean, usually this is when they shine. Right, right. And that's no, it's no been a head scratcher for me, especially especially when you think inflation is is everything that they're talking about. That's usually been the driver historically for the likes of gold. And uh, we just r- really aren't seeing that. And, and I, we've talked about this in the past. I'm wondering if the crypto money has been taken away from gold and silver. I don't, I don't know. It's just really weird how it hasn't reacted to inflation as you would think it would. No, I, I cannot, frankly, think of any logical reason why gold isn't $3,000 an ounce right now. Right, I'm there with I, you. I, I just don't get it. Now, it, 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 it's hard to talk about, you know, the way things feel, uh, but it almost feels like, like gold and silver are kind of pent and getting ready to explode. Oh, like, yes. Yes. Like, like maybe like maybe people aren't yet completely convinced that this inflation is here to stay. So they haven't made that move yet. But if if we get another couple of months of 
bad data on inflation, and I do believe it's coming, I, I, I'm, I, I'm definitely long gold, silver, and then a broader basket of metals through that XME because I, I think it's pent. I, I think it's just waiting for the spark. I'm there with you. I, I love GLD, which is the gold ETF of my choice that I usually go with at these levels for sure. All right, so we've covered a lot of ground and have talked about some alternatives to stocks and different areas where you could still potentially make money, especially under current conditions. As we're wrapping up today's GAINS podcast, any other areas, any other thoughts uh, on on current conditions and where you might be able to get some gains or, or at least protect yourself? I think we've covered a pretty wide swath that spans from the speculative long term right down to gold and silver. And we've covered a lot of space in between. So uh, for once, I really don't have anything else to say. Fair enough. And and again, we've just, we've just covered a, a lot of uh, a lot of ground here. So, uh, all right. Well, hey, thanks for, uh, you know, spending a couple or a little time with us here and uh, closing shots. Uh, for today's Gains podcast, Matt. Don't panic. Don't run. And by all means, don't sell at the bottom. The one thing, and you and I have been around the block uh, more more than once, maybe too many times. <laughs> uh, we've seen this, and the worst thing you can do is panic and then unload your portfolio at these lower levels. And then even if the market goes lower, a lot of times people never, ever, ever get back in or get back in after the market's made its huge move. We've seen that going back years and years and years, even more recent. We've, I'm sure you saw that with, with you know, in 2008 and other times. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's a big part of this. It, it is. And if you may or may not recall, you and I touched on this a, a couple of months ago on the Games podcast. It was right before everything started to drop you and I were expressing concern over the the new Robinhood user. Uh, that oh, the newbies, yes, yes. Yeah, where we have said these kids are putting so much at risk. They don't know that loss is possible. They don't know that they're not bulletproof. And we expressed concern over they've never lived through this. They have never seen this. They have never experienced this. And frankly, the only way to learn from it is to suffer through it and come out the other side with your toes still tapping, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to suffer through this and and learn your lessons, but you want to make sure you still have some money when you come out the other side. Precisely. And to your point, I just don't want these these, – I don't want these users uh, who are shell-shocked right now. I don't want them to liquidate their portfolios at the bottom and then make the even bigger mistake that you mentioned of and then just give up on it and not go back because it will always turn. You just have to ride these waves. And, 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 and people who, a lot of people, that happens to, and then years later they are kicking themselves for misplaying when the markets got roughed up. And the other thing you kind of spoke to this too, we were talking about the newbies. You know, there is a time when you go to buy the dip and it just keeps dipping and dipping and dipping. And we've talked about that before. And and you were kind of speaking to that with the newbies, Um, you know, for years now, since, you know, the onset of the pandemic, when stuff dipped, you could always kind of count on buying that dip and, and doing fine you know those levels returning in a pretty short amount of time just from talking to you today uh that might not happen here no uh, at, at least not in the you know not in the short term certainly uh again th- this is the time for discipline this is the time for patience this is the time to learn with the very rare exception of a company simply going away forever going out of business uh, you never, ever have to accept a losing position long-term 
if you know the rules and tools available to you to rehabilitate a position. The simplest, fastest answer, uh, or I say answer, the, the simplest way to do that, the first way, is the dollar cost average, something you and I are, are both big fans of. Uh, and then after that, you can move on to more sophisticated things like shorting the covered calls to pull money out of the cash out of the position without liquidating the position, lowering the basis incrementally over time. You never have to accept a losing position if you have the patience and you've taken the time to get educated on the tools that are out there. And that's what I want people to do. That's outstanding advice. Uh, something I'll live by as well. So, uh, hey, appreciate it. We'll have you back on again soon, Matt. Thanks. All right, again, a big thanks to Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers in Chicago. Check out Matt's blog, blueworldam.com. And as always, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We are back on Friday morning, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.